Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films. Thank you so much, as always, for clicking on the podcast. It is so, so appreciated. It is available on Apple, Spotify and Google Podcasts, but if you're listening to this, I'm sure you're already aware of that. Jump onto Facebook as well and search Joe Blogs About Films for the Facebook page. Hit notification as two on Spotify so you can be notified when the new episode is uploaded. Here, though, on episode 54, really excited to share this with you all. Caught up in the last week with Sam and Ross of Respite. Really, really excellent band, really great guy as well so so happy to have them featuring as well and we had a bit of a chinwag good old chit chat about films and all their glory here it is though do enjoy thank you again for listening so guys how are things going are everything good how's 2022 treating you slow and steady i think to be honest uh, with you it's one of the longest months i've ever experienced in my life i think that's january yeah i can't, can't remember the last thing i did noteworthy <laughs> <laughs> It's that awkward period when it gets towards the end of January when like all, like you've completely run out of money, but you've just got to get by, and it's oh, just yeah, like the, everything resol- revolves around <laughs> essentially just sitting in and watching as much TV as you can, really. Yeah, that definitely. Happened. The 40-day the uh, wait between the December <laughs> page and this one, yeah. it's uh, yeah, Netflix galore at the minute. That happened to me on the 3rd of January. It's been brutal. <laughs> nice and brutal, a long, a long, a long stretch. But this this obviously is the first band guests that I've had on Joe Blogs About Film. So this is really exciting for me and I'm very grateful for you guys taking the time out to to have a bit of an old uh, chinwag about films and such. Oh God, we're buzzing. Thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thanks. So the voices you can hear are Ross and Sam of Respite, a fantastic bands that I've interviewed a good, good couple of times now. How like What we'll do is obviously we'll, we'll mention and talk about the music and such and what you guys have been up to and how much of an exciting like back end of 2021 it was for you guys and but the main thing obviously I want to know you on I want to I want to you know chat to you about your your film love or TV and film that is and also like just find out on what scale you would say you're a film buff you know I mean as a film buff scale where would you probably where would you put yourselves like in terms of would you say mega I love them I know so much or just like yeah they're all right it's funny you ask that because when you asked us to come on we were talking as a band and the other three members who aren't here tonight were like, I don't really watch films. I don't really watch films either. No, I, I don't watch films at all. And I'm going, someone in this band must watch films, please. <laughs> I think I'm sort of, I'm weird with films. Like there are so many, this is great to be a guest on a, on a film podcast and say this, but there, there are so many great iconic films I've never seen in my life. <laughs> and then the ones that I have seen, I have weird knowledge about. I tend to just dig in and go, I want to know everything about this. It's kind of how it works, though. There's always something that you kind of, like, dip your toes into and then you can really get, like, immersed and sucked into that world. Obviously, for, like, me, it started off at a very young age with, like, Star Wars or whatever and such, which is iconic for a number of people. But what is, like, if you were... You could almost put this down to, like, if you were stuck on, like, a desert island and you could only take, like, one film with you, is there a particular film that you think, that's the one. That's that I could live on watching that. No, wouldn't get bored of it. I could live with that. Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill Hunting. Great shout. I think I would choose John Wick. I quite like mindless action. And yeah, that does it for me. So two very very different films there in Goodwill Hunting, and then you got John Wick. But I I love both choices there. Like excellent choices. What is it about Goodwill Hunting then, uh, Sam? That that you think that'd be the one? I think I beg. Part of it is that is my Robin Williams film. Like I think everybody has that Robin Williams film, especially after he, he passed and everyone started thinking about it more intensely. And 
I think that was around about the time, I think I'd just seen it when he did pass away. And I don't know, there was just something about it. And I love the fact that obviously Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are now massive movie stars, but at the time they were just like, let's just do this and try it. And then they won all the Oscars for it. And (laughs) it's just, I don't know, it's so simple and there's a, a long part of it where nothing happens and it kind of meanders, but there's just some fantastic acting in it and it's just about characters and I just love it. I don't know, I could watch that every day. It's one of the few films I could do that with, but I could just watch that every day of my life. It is a very, very, very good film. Um, and like I said, the, the performances within that one are absolutely just incredible from both both the leads there. So I think it's a yeah, very, very excellent choice. But moving completely into like another genre there, we've got John Wick. You know, we've got like in one corner Goodwill Hunting, and in the other corner we've got John Wick. I think out of all the characters I know who would win this fight, but John Wick, as you say, is just action on another level. But also like everyone loves Keanu Reeves, don't they, Ross? Yeah, definitely. I think he definitely brings this like film to the next level. And although I did say a quite like mindless action, I think John Wick. It's kind of, well, with the two sequels as well, it's kind of like develops this world that you didn't really think too much about, especially in the first. And it makes you want to know more of how, you know, the whole Assassin's Guild sort of situation actually functions in this world. That's and, the thing, uh, like like the first yeah. film, I think, is the has got the, it's the most straightforward story out of the out of the three, just, you know, guy loses his wife. Spoilers as well, that this is for any, any non-people who've seen films, really? we are going to probably talk a bit about plot points or whatever but still oh no just got what have you not have you not seen john wick sam i'm not seen john wick well i'm only gonna i'm only gonna gonna just go over like just you've got to have heard the premise of this film though yeah very vaguely it's okay we're not gonna go into just not gonna not gonna regurgitate films we're just gonna you know i've got to got to at least kind of sell something to people (laughs) maybe maybe this will make you want to watch it even more sam it might do actually. And it might make me watch it today. Three of them now, so you've got you've got so much to enjoy, so much to enjoy. Fourth announced, and the fourth one announced, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think they announced a fifth one potentially as well. I, I'm I, I'm almost I'm almost worried with John Wick that it's going to get to a point where it's going to be the new Fast and Furious saga. Yeah. When it's like <laughs> they're going to John Wick in space. <laughs> See, be honest. I think that'd be great. So that's where you take it. I'm definitely happy with that. There is a part of me that is like, yeah, I think I'd definitely watch that, absolutely. But John Wick, no, I premise essentially, Sam, if you already know, is that literally guy loses his wife and then gets his dog and dog killed and car and car stolen and he just goes after the bad guys and that's literally it. It's the most straightforward plot, but it's the best the best I think of the bunch easily. Well, originals always are, aren't they? Let's be honest. Yeah. All right, I'm in. Where do I find it? It any anywhere you can probably buy it now for less than a fiver on physical copy. Go treat yourself. Oh, for my DVD collection. Yeah, I'm one of the few people I know that still has one of them. So look no further, because as you can imagine, I still I'm still I'm still keeping the physical copies alive. Oh, excellent, excellent. So Goodwill Hunting and John Wick. Maybe like I'll I'll leave that over to like when the listeners to this, if they can decide out of those two, which one they would pick out of those because I, I think I, i'd take them both like just because then you've got at least a nice if you throw in some kind of like psychological thriller and then you just get one of all genres basically then you then you're covered when you're on this desert island there's two oh, definitely well if we're not on neighboring desert islands we'll just frisbee the dvds back and forth when they start <laughs> to get old and sam before said that the uh the the marvel mcu because i said oh is there any particular like genre or anything that you like would be able to have a crack at like maybe like a couple of quiz questions and he said that potentially the mc the mcu yeah. so i've got like an mcu 
long list of quizzes questions I'm just going to pick out and just keep throwing at you every now and then just to see if you can get them right or anything. No pressure. Ross, you're going to carry this team. <laughs> this, <laughs> is why, this is why I brought you. There are like, there's some pretty straightforward questions in this anyways. Or like, and I've also got like just a movie quiz in general, which well, I'll start with that in fairness. I'll start with one question from this and I'll see if you can, uh, see if you can get it. It's still a music related one as well. So in which movie did singer Billy Idol make a cameo? Oh God, good grief. I want to say June, but I know that's not Billy Idol. And uh, <laughs> it's Sting. No, it's Sting. Good God. Ross? Wow. I actually got no idea. I'll give you a up. hint. Uh, it's a Adam Sandler film. Adam Sandler. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm going to get it wrong, but I the feel like I know. Happy Gilmore. Sorry? Happy Gilmore. No. no, but it's around, it's when Adam Sandler was good. <laughs> wasn't <laughs> Lil wasn't L- Nicky, was it? No. That would have been great, God. though. That would have been great. That would have been awesome if he was in that. That would have made more sense, in fairness, if he was in Lil yeah. Nicky, wouldn't it? Like, yeah. Do you want me to, uh, do you want me to reveal? Yeah, yeah, reveal. Yeah. It was the wedding singer. Oh, oh of course it. And is at the plane at the end of the film on the plane. Sorry, that's, of course uh, it is. That that film's great as well. It's one of the. Uh, it's one of the like like I said I, when Adam Sandler was genuinely really entertaining in those like nineties films. They were great. Like so you mentioned Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Um, obviously there was Big Daddy as well, but. The Wedding Singer, like, there's just so many, like, iconic moments in that for me. Like, growing up watching that, I just can quote that for days. That was one that I didn't see until a few years ago, and I was like, wow. Like, I like Adam Sandler. I really like Adam Sandler. But I was like, this has got a lot more depth to it than a yeah. lot of his other stuff. Yeah. It's, it's a bit like, it's it's almost like, obviously, it's not the same, same, but, like, it reminds me a little bit of, like, Big Daddy in that sense as well, because that's, like, yeah. classic Gilmore, but then... Classic Gilmore? Classic Sandler. Um, but then at the same time, it's got a lot more emotion, a lot more emotion range in that. But I, I still haven't seen, he did that film Uncut Gems, was it, a few years ago that people yeah. absolutely loved him in and I'm still yet to sit down and watch that. So He's one though, I think people underrate Adam Sandler and that's going to be such a controversial topic because like nobody, nobody thinks that highly of Adam Sandler. His movies always do well and he's funny, but... I saw him in a film called Rain Over Me years and years ago, and it's it's a bit of a mess, messes the mark a little bit, but okay. it, his acting in it, playing this really depressed guy, I'm not going to ruin it as to why he's depressed, but it's definitely worth a watch to see him out of his comfort zone. Um, but Uncut Gems was apparently a bit like that. I haven't seen that one either yet. But I've not seen either of those. I'm not, I'm not even, I must have completely missed this. Was it Rain On Me, did you say? Is it Rain? I think it's Rain On Me, yeah. Um, it's him and, is it, is it Moss Def? Um, and it's it's mainly just him and, and this other guy acting across from each other for most of it and Liv Tyler's in it, um, who plays a therapist. And it's about them trying to break him down and get him out of his shell and, and find out why he is sort of the way he is. Right, I'd say I'd definitely put that on my uh, watch list because it's always cool when you get to see like actors do roles in you know stuff that that you wouldn't necessarily expect them to be in. You know what I mean? So it's uh, yeah, that sounds. I mean, what is your favorite out of the Sandler films you have seen? What's your favorite Sandler film? Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out and say that it's got to be Happy Gilmore for me. I actually, I actually sat my fiance down recently because she'd never seen it before. And we watched it, and we there was two different reactions to the room because I was absolutely loving it, and then she was like, "This is just, this is trash, Joe. Like, what, what are you doing?" And I was like, "This is great. What are you on about? Like, what? The wedding's off. That's it. Like, this is peak Sandler. Yeah. Get on board. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, me, I hate it. The wedding's off because I've hired him as the wedding singer, so we're, we're gonna cancel it because it's a bit awkward. <laughs> yeah. now. I think 
I would go. I swear, there's something I'm forgetting. I used to watch Big Daddy yeah. all the time, yeah. like all the time. But I also have a really soft spot in my heart for Click. That's another one. Sorry, Ross, mate. I was just going to say that's another one where you get to see another side of Sandler in, in that film. Mm. You get to see classic, but also a di- like more emotion again in that. Sorry, Ross, I yeah. didn't mean to interrupt you, mate. Yeah, no, I was going to say something the same lines. It was a bit more serious like, yeah. than his other stuff, but I do remember when I was younger, I used to really enjoy Billy Madison, but I went back to it a couple of years ago when I got 20 minutes in. I was like, I can't can he watch through that <laughs> <laughs> complete, complete U-turn on the film because again in my head when you say Billy Madison I can just think of just the pure nostalgia of just really enjoying watching that film the concept as well for that film was great you know like a grown adult having to go back to like is it kindergarten essentially and then yeah, start to the bottom yeah, yeah start at the bottom and, and get back to the top again and there's that whole like ridiculous love story as well it's, it's, isn't it one of the teachers he ends up like getting with at the end and so mm. it's like spoilers again yeah. but still it's it's I I don't want to I don't want to almost like taint that memory. It's a bit like how I feel towards when I watch like the very first well not the very first but Star Wars Episode One, The Phantom Menace. Like I start watching mm-hmm. it and I'm enjoying it and then Jar Jar Binks comes in and as a kid you're like I love Jar Jar Binks so much. He's like such a funny character and then as an adult you're like oh my god why did Qui Gon save him? <laughs> like just let him get yeah. run over. Like this is awful. <laughs> I always I always remember like because I I listened to your episode about. The, the Star Wars prequels and I was like Joe I love you forever because you actually were so fair about them because oh, I think fun. of them as like the trilogy I grew up with whereas my dad grew up with the originals I grew up with them and I don't defend them as much as I could because yeah you don't you don't want to get bullied for your this love of Star it. Wars but, yeah this is but, it I, I completely agree <laughs> There's so much that you can say. There's a video I watched on YouTube earlier called uh, The Star Wars Prequels Are Better Than You Deserve. And I'm not going to lie to you, it's two hours long, but it just breaks down why, actually, they're not the worst films in the world and they deserve a little bit better treatment than they get. Sorry, that was off topic, but Jar Jar I can't forgive is the only thing I was going to yeah, yeah. say there. Is, it's the one bit I can't can't come back to. No, I've told, we kind of, we've kind of gone... Yeah, we're going everywhere with it with this whole chinwag. That's what this podcast is for. This is what I love about it. So um, Adam Sandler to Star Wars. Who would have thought it? <laughs> <laughs> That's how it is. But no, I, I thank you ever so much. Firstly, sorry for, for listening to the to the episode about the prequels, and and it is really appreciated. Honestly, like it means means the world when uh, get you know feedback like that. It's lovely. Thank you. Um, for me, I I completely agree about what you said about it was the trilogy that that you grew up with because it was for a lot of people. Like I said, at my age, that was the they were the Star Wars films that came out. They were the ones that we went to see at the cinema as they came out kind of thing. And they are they are very weak in places. Like, I, I express my distaste for Attack of the Clones. Like, even as a mm-hmm. child, I didn't like that film. Like, that's how, that's, that's, that's like how disappointed I was with it, that it was just not the middle piece that I wanted. Not that I, not as a kid. It wasn't there. Empire. Yeah, this is it. It's like, you're not, but you're not sat there as a kid going, hmm, well, the story could have done with a bit of this. It's, it's all, well, you know what I mean? Like, you're not, you're not really like, you're taking what you're seeing in, but if you're not enjoying it, then it's a kind of different when you're watching it when you're older because you can see where it goes wrong. Yeah, well, that's, that's what this video I was listening to today was saying is, you, as a kid, you're not sitting there going, Oh yeah, I'm so bored by this Galactic Trade Federation stuff. You're sitting there going, "Give me the lightsabers! Yeah. It's going to be lights and sounds and spinning and fights, and it's going to be great." This is it. And this is exactly that's it. the bit you just need to recapture because it's it's a film for kids. Yeah. They're films for kids. We just grew up with them, and now we're a bit older, and we go, "Well, that's 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 a bit sad." That now, yeah. isn't it? Go, nah, it's still pretty fun. 
if you just let go of it and, yeah. and just get into it, it's still, it's still take, some great just bits. Just take it as Star Wars. And so you have to mm-hmm. do is just remember that it's Star Wars and it's George Lucas's vision of Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, I know that he went a bit crazy with the old effects and CGI, especially like remastering and re-releasing the original trilogy. And to this day, I still want the original on Blu-ray. Like, it's one of the things, it's like, just release release them as they were again on Blu-ray. But just yeah. take out what you did. You know, it's fine. It does. You don't have to keep putting all extra monsters in. We're fine. Like, honestly. Yeah, take Hayden Christensen did. out of yeah. uh, Return of the Jedi. We don't yeah. need that, but didn't thank you. It. Didn't need that. Like, just, just, just leave it. But... But like I said, the, the, the reason why the prequels, I think, are so much better than the sequels is because it was a cohesive story. You know, I mean, you could see yeah. what George Lucas wanted to, to, to get out with that. So, Well, it, it mirrors, like, it mirrors, one mirrors the other. It's about the father and then the son and how their journeys are actually very similar, yeah. but they take different paths down it. I, I don't know why I didn't pick Star Wars. I don't know why I picked Marvel and not Star Wars, because I could actually go on about that for ages, but... Oh, that I wow. could that, I could go. really fight to defend uh, the prequels in some veins. Yes, there are some unforgivable things and things you can't see past, but there's there's also some great moments in it. There really are. Like I said, jewel of the face. I mean, this is the thing as well. <laughs> Music in itself in film is such a massive deal. You know what I mean? Like you, there'll be there'll be stuff that you'll you'll have picked up over the years and been like, that is a, that is incredible. You know what I mean? Like and almost you know try to get that same kind of vibe when you're writing your music and stuff. I, I love sitting down and listening to, to just soundtracks to films. They're just so great, well composed and such half of the time. Well, most yeah. of the time. I used to have the uh, the Lord of the Rings soundtrack on CD. Well, my mum had it, but I stole it and I took it to school Beautiful. <laughs> and I lost it. Oh, no. My <laughs> mum was fuming. Oh, she was raging. I don't think she was as raging as I was about it, to be honest with you. I loved that CD. <laughs> Took that everywhere. That was in every car I was ever in as a kid. Like, Can we listen to this? It's great. You'll love it. Howard Shaw. I mean, because I, I, when I did the, I've still yet to do Return of the King podcast episode with my mate. But like we were chatting about like some of the, the 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 like I said some of the stuff that Howard Shaw did and composed for Lord of the Rings. It's just you only have to hear the first note and you're already back in the Shire. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's outstanding. It's up there for soundtracks for me with uh, Star Wars, obviously, but also this is a weird choice. But uh, Back to the Future as well for like iconic soundtracks. They just totally different, completely different. Um, and Jurassic Park and things like the John Williams trilogy. Yeah. Uh, just anything so... John Williams touches. Let's be honest. Anything that John yeah. Williams touches, it's just like gold. Like, oh, here we are again, another masterpiece. Like, thanks, John. Cheers. Uh. Yeah, it could be the worst director and the worst writer and the worst yeah. actors in the world, but John Williams is right. I'm in. Yeah, it's a little Let's bit as well. Like, it's like not the same, but he's just underneath. I think Hans Zimmer as well. Like, definitely. Oh, God, like, yeah. Speaking of Hans Zimmer, I had seen uh, Interstellar at the Royal Albert Hall with a nice. live orchestra, and he was there as well. So, wow. see, it was a lot more immersive with the actual orchestra playing all the tunes for the film, and you felt like you were properly, you know, the, the music was, like, physically hitting you as, like, these dramatic scenes were unfolding. So it was, like, That's a amazing. really different way of experiencing, you know, a film, and it was... You know, something if you ever get an opportunity to do it for something else of quite a heavy like, orchestral soundtrack, it's worth doing. It's that one of it's, it's one of the things that I've genuinely wanted to do. Like, you know, like because where where based in Sheffield, obviously there's the um, City Hall, and uh, they usually have something on like a film with a with a 
orchestra or whatever playing it every every now and then or so. But I've never had the never had the like the opportunity. Well, I say I've never had the opportunity. It's come round. I've just never got tickets to go to it. But they've done like mm-hmm. Empire Strikes Back and Jurassic Park and such and. I just love to sit in it, and, and Interstellar must have been absolutely amazing to have seen because that's, I mean, that's that's one of those Nolan films that I think I've seen once or twice, and each time it's like I like it a little bit more than the last time. Um, yeah, because it's when when you first see that, it's, it's quite a lot to take in, really, isn't it? It's quite a grand scale oh, yeah. film. Uh, really, like it's not heavy as in the the themes of the film are heavy. It just feels heavy, you know, because it's like it's, yeah. it is because your brain's working overtime yeah, to try and keep magic. up, and you're going. Even the start where they're just kicking about in fields and you go, they're talking really smart here. Like, I don't know if I'm smart enough for this film. <laughs> just imagine just getting up to be like, yeah, just not for me. This <laughs> not, not for me. I, I, don't, I don't have a degree. I, yeah. I'm just going to go. Thank I you. mean, when, uh, when I was at Royal Albert Hall, it was Stephen Hawking that did the foreword. Oh my God. So, wow. like, that kind of indicates how heavy, like, you know, uh, the, concept the, the sci-fi, is, yeah, yeah, the theoretical the science not behind it must be if he's been invited along and agreed to open up. That's a mad. Did, did, did they not? That sounds like some night, by the yeah, way. It sounds, <laughs> sounds just marvellous. Like. Did, did they not? I may have gotten this wrong, but I'm sure I read or saw something that said that because of Interstellar, they actually figured out certain things about how black holes react because they had yeah. to they had to create the image of a black hole. Mm. Spoilers, sorry. Um, <laughs> and they couldn't do it because they didn't know what to do. And they went to these physicists, and the physicists were like, mm, "I don't know. What does it look like in three dimensions? I've no idea because we can't get close enough to see it." And uh, they had to basically do it, just work out all the maths, and they put it into a computer. And the computer went, "There you go. That's what it looks like." And then they were like, "Oh God, it would look like that. Like that actually makes logical sense for it to to do that." I'm butchering this story. The no, information that, is out I, there, but no, I, I I feel like I remember something about this as well. But I, yeah. I, that is, a, like, it's extraordinary, isn't it? And it's a it's a great point to bring up as well because I'd completely forgot, in fairness, that, that that happened. But it's nice when films do some kind of like scientific breakthrough, isn't it? At the same time. Oh God, yeah. Or like anything, that was a like yeah interstellar is 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 excellent. Like Nolan and I always like I, I like the the. Um, the duo of Hans Zimmer and Nolan together, it kind of goes hand in hand, doesn't it? Like they're very, very like well accompanied. Yeah. I think they're both quite instinctual. Like, yeah. uh, they, they just, they just kind of feel it. Like I know Nolan's apparently notorious for, uh, just going, no, that's, that's, that'll do like that just felt right. Rather than being sort of meticulous about it. Um, and Hans Zimmer's music just kind of carries that so well. It's like, it just feels exactly right you can't imagine what anybody else would do with it yeah what, I was gonna say, what brought me on to Zimmer was that like he's done some some great like compositions for some questionable films as well like you know what I mean in terms of like even like obviously you know no one's to expect these kind of big films that are meant to do well and then they don't do well but he's done a fair few that have not done not the films themselves haven't done brilliantly which is no reflection of his work but it's just what we were saying about the film could be like complete mediocre, but you've got someone as big as yeah. that, that name attached to it for the music, and you're like, I will watch that regardless. Oh God, yeah, absolutely. Have you got a favourite Zimmer composition, like the soundtrack that he's done? Off the top of my head, no. I, unfortunately, I would have to be, I would have to see the list of the films he'd done to go, yep, that one, or no, wait, that one, and I would probably be 
stuck between five or six of them. I always think my head that. I, I always go straight to his, his work on Inception. Like it was incredible what he did mm. with Inception. Yeah. And oh, again, that's, he a, actually, that's, a yeah. Nolan, that's a Nolan duo. And that always reminds me when the Inception music comes in, uh, when, when, when I hear it, it reminds me when I used to go to Cineworld in Sheffield. Um, and they, obviously, before the show in starts, they'd have, like, film music playing kind of thing, film soundtracks playing. Different this, bit of that, like, you know, some stuff from Disney. And then, like, Inception music starts playing, and you're like, hoo it's getting intense, boys, here we go. Like, <laughs> this is it. Hairs on the back of your neck, yeah. you stand up, this and you go, oh, it. something's happening. Yeah, it's, it, was just, it just always takes me back to that, like, and uh, it's, it's just because I, I, I just love that piece. It's so good, so, so good. It's the difference that it, that it makes to the film as well. Like yeah. you say, even a mediocre film, it, it does elevate it, and that's the bit that you'll take away from it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Sorry, I could hear something. Sorry, I could hear something. Then I was like, "Is that me?" I think that was a, a door in the house. A lawnmower <laughs> at ten to seven at night. Um, I was going to say as well, like because we were chatting about favorite soundtracks, and um, one of my one of my personal favorites is like a more recent one. I say recent it is now about. Over ten years old, I think. But um, Cliff Martinez has worked with uh, Drive, like the film Drive with Ryan Gosling. Like that—that that mm. is something else. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's a great mix of obviously music that he's produced and worked on himself, but also picking out great synth tracks as well. Like a great, great mash. And one of the albums that I can just sit and listen to, just just because it's got so many like absolute belters on it in terms of. Tracks from like Kavinsky, College, uh, Electric Youth, is it? Uh, yeah, so on. And then his own work as well is just, uh, it's just, it's just a great combination. And that, that for me, that whole film, it really like kind of pushed me even further into like really diving into like the synth world as a genre, like music. And that's what I love about what certain films as well can do for you in, you know, in, in other aspects of it, like the actual music side of it. Because if it weren't, you know, I, I, I liked synth and such, like the 80s kind of stuff. And then hearing the Drive soundtrack, that really pushed me like into listening to a heck of a lot, heck of a lot more synth. I have found that a few times. Although with me, that tends to happen with musicals because <laughs> they just get stuck in my head. But I have found that a few times where you will go and you'll find the soundtrack and think, I, I just want to be here again. I don't even need to watch the film. I can see it all played back and it just evokes that, doesn't it? Is there a film Is there a film that um, you would, given the opportunity, a little bit like what was it Zay Lowe did with, with Drive, in fact, for BBC, where he like got loads of different artists to rework the soundtrack. Like he got Bring Me the Horizon, loads of lo- loads of artists to to do to like write a piece of music for Drive. Essentially, rework Drive. I didn't like it. Just 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 put this out there. I didn't like what he did with it. I thought it was horrendous. But it got me thinking: <laughs> what what other soundtracks would bands do if they were given the opportunity? Like, is there a film that you'd think I'd have a crack at that? I, I'd try and do another Star Wars score on my own. I think I'd I think we'd nail <laughs> it as respite. <laughs> Good grief! Imagine that. Imagine doing Star Wars as respite. Good God, Ross, what do you think? Because I'm not entirely sure. I think at this point we would take anything that was offered to us. Let's be completely honest, boys. But, <laughs> but oh, yeah, if it came down to choosing, that would certainly be more of a struggle to think of. John Wick. <laughs> John Wick. All the, the, the fast, yeah, the fast-paced music during like the shooting scenes and that could actually work quite well as a bit more of you know a five-piece band sort of thing. Well, obviously, actually, Sam wouldn't be able to do much. He could make synth noises in the background. Was, <laughs> but yeah, no, translate it to like a band for a lot of things that aren't. Um, like some songs would be quite 
difficult for us, I think, because it's the vocal melodies that do carry the music a lot of the time. Good point. Good point. It's it is it's probably like I said, quite a difficult question in fairness. But like, what what film would you like rewrite the entire soundtrack and just like do it as respite? Like, I guess it's because like most of the time, like you only ever hear rock music on like horror films. You know what I mean? When it's like someone's being chased or like like Resident Evil. You know what I mean? Zombies everywhere, and it's like <laughs> metal playing, like a bit of this and a bit of that, and you're like, okay. But it's just I just thought I'd ask like if there's a film like if you could just be like, yeah, I'd like to have a go at that. I think what's just popped into my head is is the way that uh, like Tron Legacy because it had Daft Punk yes. woven so much into it. I was just thinking, imagine a film like that with us instead of Daft Punk. That would completely <laughs> change. Like it would become like a nightmare hellscape. Um, but I think the question on that is, do you go for something that you would fit into, like a horror film or a, more of a kind of thriller? Or do you go for something completely off base? Like, do we just go, let's do Minions and we will sing <laughs> to Minions. Let's just do something completely off topic and just change it up. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Imagine I Alvin and the Chipmunks singing away and it's us. <laughs> that, that, that could work though, in fairness. I'd, I'd pay for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. It would go both ways because when I was younger on YouTube, they used to they used to chipmunk all they, sorts of bands, yeah. and they would just put them on high squeaky vocals. So we'll just so go the opposite I've, way I've now. Done, I've done that to some of our songs. You've done that to <laughs> most of our songs, yeah. <laughs> they turn out quite good. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best versions, usually. <laughs> well, speaking of the band, then it might be a good time to just like kind of familiarize the the listeners with with yourselves because yeah i i got listened to you it was we first spoke uh, during the first lockdown first pandemic when you were formally finding argyle um and obviously changed to respite which has been an amazing like kind of new era for you guys like i mentioned when we spoke before on my previous radio show that the, the ep and such that you released was really good Vol- volume one looking forward to what's coming next but um how was you know how was 2021 releasing that ep and looking mm-hmm. ahead is volume two not too far away now? Well, yeah, he's always digging, isn't he, Ross? He's always digging to find out when volume two is coming out. Uh, thank you very much, Joe. Uh, volume two is on the way. We are... We're quite excited about it. We're not entirely sure what exactly we're going to say or how exactly it's going to look because we've, we've got a fair few... We think we've stepped up since volume one a little bit and a lot of the newer stuff sort of goes a little bit more cohesively together and may have similar themes in it. Mm. Um, That was very convoluted and didn't make much sense, did it? Um, The end of 2021 was just amazing for us because we got to come back absolutely swinging because not only did live music come back but we got to come back with it and with the you know the the few shows that we got to play before the end of the year uh, everybody just turned up for whether that was because you know they hadn't had live music in so so long um or just because of what we were outputting and the bands that we were playing with it was just such an amazing experience it's and it's been so supportive it's actually felt like you know, when you try to start a band, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of people know this. It's a slog. It's a push. You're like going back to a desert island. You're trying to fight against the currents. But this actually felt like we kind of launched and something sort of carried us forward and kept carrying us forward. And we've got some kind of 
momentum going on it. Um, so yeah, volume two is on its way um, and it's, it's going to be good. That's me so excited. No, it, it's it, honestly, <laughs> I, I've, I've, already, I've already said it before just how much I'm so looking forward to volume two after volume one. It was a great listen and, and I think I definitely, I put it in my top 20 albums and EPs of last year. Um, it was just, yeah, really, really good. And if, if by what you're saying about volume two, like stepping up even more, like I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And and to the to the listeners who've never checked you guys out before, they should definitely do so because, like I said to you, is like is like kind of uh, well, I mean, it was truth. Obviously, it was, it was I was saying that this EP was like way better than like a day to remember's brand new album. You know what I mean? Like it was oh. almost like they need to listen to you guys to then you know be like, all oh, right, that's how you release. You have that kind of similar like remind me a little bit of a day to remember, but better. You know what I mean? Because this new EP is like solid. You're gonna make me cry, Joe. Honest <laughs> to God, that was like that was like the best thing anyone could ever have said to me about our music. That, thank you for that. Thank no, you. It's, it's honestly so much energy and so much like what what I want from. Five, what is it five five tracks? Is it the EP that Volume One? Five tracks, yeah. Every one of them, just like incredible. So I don't know if that's going to sell thank it. You. How much more I could possibly put this on to the listeners <laughs> to go check it out? But it's a high recommendation from me, anyways. I'm going to write this down, put it on the press pack. Yeah, you can use that uh, when, you, like, so when much, you share girl. this on the socials, be like, we even said this about us. <laughs> no. Um, no, well, if you, if you like the energy, uh, well, the last thing I will say on it is, is because otherwise I'll just tell you everything and that can't happen, we're not allowed yet, um, is if you like the energy of volume one, you're going to like the energy of volume two. We, we did get lucky enough that um, we played a headliner, last show of the year was a headliner, and um, it was the first headliner we had ever done as Respite. And we realized very quickly we didn't have enough songs to fill it. So we had to then unveil some of the new stuff. And the reception that we got was just amazing, especially for songs that we hadn't played live before. We hadn't had as much time to work on. The reception that we got was insane. And it just, the energy kept, stayed where we wanted it to be. And, and you'll like volume two if you like volume one. I'm so I'm so happy for you guys that that show went really well as well. Obviously the uh, the the last was, was it was last show of the year, wasn't it? That you did for 2021. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, that was. I can't um, remember. It was just it's so nice to hear that it went it went down really well. I, I can't wait for you to be able to like tour up and come to Sheffield, hopefully, or anywhere just that's that's not far from here. That'd be that'd be fun. Me neither. Like, <laughs> We're all, always threatening with seconds apart with uh, Martin and Owen to get together and just do like a weekender and yeah. and just come and visit everybody and come and see yeah. everyone again. So that's it. No, that'll be great fun. But it's uh, yeah, listeners, go check out Respite. Go follow them and, and such on the socials and and follow them on Spotify because you won't be disappointed. Honestly, it's uh, they're very very good. If I do say so myself. Thank you very much. Yeah, and thank, thank you so guys much, yeah. though for for obviously coming on the podcast. Like I'm still, I ain't finished with you just yet. I just wanted to kind of have a bit of a intermission there to talk about the uh, the old the old music and and just again, yeah, it's it's always fun to to chat to you guys. Um, I'm going to throw a question at you now, but I'm going to give you an easier one because I feel like, <laughs> because we're speaking about films and music and films, I'll give you this one then. Which film does the song I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith feature on? Oh, Armageddon. There we go. Oh, that's a tune. That's so Oh, good. yeah. No, one of many fantastic Aerosmith songs. And again, I think it's... Oh, God, yeah. You can have like a good time with Aerosmith, but then there's that one and you're like, you know what? It's quite a lovely tune. Yeah. They, they can be pretty as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go back to it. Loving an elevator. Yeah, I was gonna. I'm gonna get you another movie song question. Uh, which film features the song "Take My Breath Away" by Berlin? Oh no, Ross. I answered the last one. You go. Uh, I've no idea. Uh, 
I can't even. It's not my guess, to be honest. It was uh, it's, it's Top Gun. Take my breath away. Oh. It's another one I have never seen. I know I'm going to get shot. Yeah. I've never seen Top Gun. Is that because you don't like Tom Cruise or is that because you're just not into planes? <laughs> <laughs> those are the two, are those are the two no. things. Yeah. Or, or volleyball. Do you not like volleyball at least? Like, like no, it's just, it's one of those things. Do you not like happiness and joy? <laughs> uh, I just never really got around to it. I don't think I'm admit this i don't think i'm mad on tom cruise that's fair just thought i'd ask because people have very hit and miss with him i just thought it could be it could be that or do you know what i mean because I, I see tom cruise as just this guy that just tries to kill himself for our entertainment like he's like jackass <laughs> on a yeah, serious true. level like he is like all right okay yeah you want me to just dangle like off the back of a plane oh, why not like you only live once like i'm just like this oh, enthusiastic guy that wants to kill himself one day he it's... will. One day this, we will get a oh, news God, article, yeah. and it'll be it'll be like I I would almost like suspect it was something really mind like something that you wouldn't expect to have happened to happen. Like he mm. tripped and fell, and that was it. Yeah, after everything, oh. <laughs> encountered a light breeze, and yeah, and that was him. That was it. Is there like any films coming out at the moment? Or that are upcoming that you're really looking forward to because there's a there's quite a few this year like 2022 is looking pretty exciting for films like um the other one that's coming to mind at the minute is like the batman like that's coming out mm. in march um i'm sure there's more that i'm really looking forward to but i'm completely drawing a blank uh, i've been gutted this year so far because there have been so many films that that i've wanted to see and i've meant to go and see it, and then because they're like things like restrictions and not being quite sure and boosters and, and everything like that. I've just not managed to. And um, I think no, uh, Spider-Man's just come out of the cinemas and I, I was so desperate to see that. And and um, Ghostbusters as well. But Did you see Spider-Man? Um, Have you seen it yet? No. You've not seen it? Oh. No, you know, I haven't. Like, like I know. the only person on the planet that's not seen Do you know what? I was half... I was, I, no. I, I was thinking, we're probably not going to talk about Spider-Man tonight, surely, because oh, everybody no. on the planet has seen that. But forget that idea, Joe. Like, Sam's not seen it. But he must be the only chap on the world that's not seen that. I think I might be. And I love Spider-Man. Like, I, I don't get it, honestly. The, the, big, I just... the big question I have now is, have you avoided all spoilers? No. No, I haven't. And I'm an idiot because I went on YouTube one day and someone had filmed one of the big moments yeah. Yeah. and I was like, I'm not going to... Well, the title ruined it for one, but this I was is, like, this is I'm not going to watch it. Is like, there's one thing and then to I record watched it. it. There's one thing to record it, but then like to put it in the title on YouTube, it's mm-hmm. like almost like a big move. Like it is, a, especially because I remember like the day after the film had come, like I think the day of the UK release <coughs> of Spider-Man, I think it had come out a day before elsewhere. And someone mm-hmm. had again done that on YouTube and I was just scrolling through YouTube and I saw it wasn't anything too major, but it was a certain point and it said it in the title. I was like, and it was almost like a, whoa, whoa. I didn't think I'd not have to like, do this yeah you need like, like just throw oh, the phone away like, what's going on I, I, do you know what to me I, spoiler culture is nuts because the internet forgets so quickly yeah. because you know game of thrones everything now spider-man the amount of times that you'll have i find that for a week right after that film comes out every piece of press that you see will be really really good they'll behave themselves and they'll go ho ho did this happen or did it not happen here's our review blah 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 and a week later they're like yeah so here's every plot point remember when this happened you haven't seen it yet nah read this instead and it just kills me because i'm like i've dragged my heels so so long 
Yeah. I, and I've just seen everything now. Oh man, that's such a shame. Because like what I used to do is with the podcast, which you're probably familiar when listening to it, is that I'll always try and be as like a general review mainly. If there's mm-hmm. any spoilers, it's always like right at the end. I'm like, right, don't listen to because I'm not one of those people that wants to go out spoiling films to people. Like I, I almost get a thrill of other people telling me what they enjoyed about films, especially those kind of big films as well. Like that's why you know I go see it a couple of times at the cinema with different mates because you come out afterwards and they're like my God, I can see why you've seen that film like three, four times. Especially like Spider-Man. Like I ended up seeing that like four times at the cinema. I've seen it four times, Sam. And you've seen can it. Can I have not- one of your experiences? Yeah. <laughs> I just transfer Please. it over to you. Be like, pass it through oh. memory. Um, that's a real shame, man. Especially like you say, when you enjoy the MCU films. I thought you'd be straight on that. Well, it's my own fault. I watched the YouTube video. I sat there for about 30 seconds going, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch it. I'll just watch it. You could probably find a good torrent of it now, surely. You just wash it at home now, don't you? Probably. Well, that's it. Like, it'll be out in a week. Do you remember yeah. when it used to take about four years for a videotape <laughs> to come out? And now it's like, it's out of the cinema, but Madagascar was still in the cinema when it came out on DVD. That's a it's useless mad. piece of information yeah, we, that you don't need. But uh, there you go. In Canto, and it's on Disney Plus now, but still popping up in the cinema near us. Encanto is right. a good film, though, isn't it? Like, it's, it's, so, like, it's decent. Some, okay, sorry, eh? Yeah. Um, see... Uh, my girlfriend's quite into TikToks and you scroll through it and every second one's about a song from that. I'd obviously the, the feed's like customised to what you pay attention to, I suppose. Yeah. But it's just in Canto Galore. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that, that, that's another one that got real high praise for its uh, for its soundtrack again. So great work. I can't remember off the top of my head uh, the um the composers and, and the, the people who put that together, but they've done I can't, they've done they did another big Disney film, and it's it's completely gone out of my head. But yes, it's another one of those films that's come out where people have really, really jumped onto the to the soundtrack, mm. which is great because that's that's when you know you've done well at Disney. I think that's when they must all sit back and go, "Yep, we've done it again." Oh God, yeah, sitting there going like, "Is this going to be the one? Is this going to be like? Is this going to be Let It Go twice? Yeah. <laughs> Are we going to do this? Are we going to crack this? Will they just retire?" Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. But uh, what we've got, we've kind of bit obviously everywhere there again um because my first question that took us on that path was any films you're looking forward to this year and then we realized you're not seen spider-man and all <laughs> hell broke loose and like the multiverse cracked open and various <laughs> playing everywhere and you know anyways any other films sorry that you're looking forward to checking out I, I'm, I'm sat here thinking there's there are other films coming out that i'm looking forward to but yeah. for the life of me i cannot think of yeah them. i've drawn a blank no, Every question you've doing... asked us, we've just like we've we've shut down. We've got those like uh, limitless cinema passes at the minute, so we just go see anything. Yeah, you know, it doesn't really cost extra because you're paying like, twelve pounds a month or whatever it is. This is so it. We've just been seeing things that we wouldn't normally consider, and obviously the last wee the few weeks or so, we've not bothered so much just because of COVID. Funnily enough, <laughs> we've yeah. kind of been a bit more hesitant, but no. You know, you just go to the cinema and you can see two movies the one day and then, yeah. you know, you can just check it the same day and see, oh, that looks all right. I admire, I so admire I'm sure that. we'll be doing that throughout the year. Two films in one so, day, I admire that. Like, it's mm. been a while since I've done that. But that's what that's the beauty of having those cards because I'm the same. I've got a, an Infinity card for the, the light cinema up in Sheffield and... It's like you get to see so many films because, like, I felt like that last year in 2021, I enjoyed... Because I was as you can imagine, like counting down the days for cinemas to open. Like when they said that the day, when they said that 
May was going to be the day that the cinemas were open. I was there on the first day of cinemas opening to watch a film. Like I was like, I have to, I have to go back, and I've missed it so much, kind of thing. Um, were you the one person that went to see Tenet in the cinema? I did go see Tenet because that was that was that. I remember that because so in 2020 when we were in the pandemic, then they opened it up obviously for those couple of months, didn't they? Like it was like August and September or something. So I went to see Tenet, and I, I saw it. I think twice, in fact, again just to relish in the fact that we could go to the cinema again, kind of thing. And um, and yeah, it was one of those films you had to watch a number of times to kind of really again wrap your head around it. But no. then it was like that because there was not many films out, they were like, "Oh, we'll put all some classics on," kind of thing. So I went to see mm. Empire Strikes Back at the cinema as well, which was excellent. Obviously, oh nice, like, has to has to be done. And then they shut them again, didn't they? And it wasn't. It was from like September. It was like October until May, where we had no cinemas. So yeah. when they opened up again last year, it was just wonderful. And then you know, all the films that came out were just big. Like kind of the big film is just to get people back in seats again, kind of thing. So what I'm enjoying more about this year is that we're getting like those films that probably have been waiting and waiting and waiting to come out. You know, a bit like like a, a, a boiling point that I saw the other week, which is incredible. Like the the brand new, the latest Stephen Graham film, like amazing. These kind of like small indie films, you know, that are coming out and such. I think most of the ones that I was throughout lockdown looking forward to have passed. Uh, June was the last one that I was properly well, apart from. Spider-Man, No Way Home, but we're not going to talk about that one anymore. Thanks. <laughs> June was the big one that I was so ready to see. And it was the, I went to see it with my friend, um, Charlie. We'd been reading the book together and like talking about it and stuff. And it just, that was some incredible, incredible film. I feel really out of touch now because my mind has gone blank on well, what else is coming out. But those are the, that was the the oh, biggest one for me. Ja- Jackass is out next week. It oh, is. Oh. Yeah, and that's 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 a film that, like, my fiance's like got taste. Like, a, a certain taste. I know the films that are coming out, and she'll be like, I'll be like, she'll definitely want to watch that. And there's films like I'm sure you'll know as well with partners that they're not going to want to watch. You know what I mean? Where like there's no interest. You think, I'm not even going to bother asking if she wants to see it because like, I, I know I know her taste. You and start see, picking the friend that you're going to go with instead yeah, you, of her. Yeah, yeah. you're like, I'm going to like I'll work this out kind of thing. You know what I mean? And then we see the trailer for Jackass and she's like, oh, I'd quite like to watch that. And you know, you're like, what? Like, <laughs> you were the last person I'd ever expect to say, I really, I wouldn't mind watching that new Jackass film. Like, what? mind blown. So I, I, I apparently I'm going to be going to watch Jackass when that comes out. I probably won't do a podcast nice. on it because what can you say about grown yeah, men? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That sort of thing. <laughs> it was funny. The, yeah. This one was funny. That one was also funny. And I've ruined the entire film. For yeah, you. that's it, exactly. a lot. <laughs> yeah. They're all very old and they're very broken now. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I've done is I've just got up a list of I've just googled like upcoming films for for 2022. Uh, I think Marvel have got a, a couple coming out. Obviously, I think they've got the Morbius films, uh, Morbius films mm. film, which well, has been, Doctor Strange as well. Yeah, yeah Doctor Strange. Oh yeah, first, Doctor yeah, Strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. Morbius has been delayed seven times now. I think it is seven times that film Jeez, has been delayed. Oh. I swear that like I'm sat here thinking, what is in that film that they're wanting people to genuinely go see at the cinema? You know go I mean? and like, see. Yeah, like I feel there's got to be something exciting in that if they if they keep Tom pushing Holland. back. Yeah, you know what I mean? Something. It's not something. MCU though, is it? Is it not the same? No. As yeah, this is, yeah. This is the question. It's like Sony's one, isn't it? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. yeah, like same as Venom kind of thing. But then it's like, well, which Spider-Man would be in that? Ah, just like, it's just... It's all crazy what they're doing. We'll have to wait and see for that. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Doctor Strange. There's also, I think, Flash is coming out this year, the Flash film. Um, right. Jurassic World 3. Yeah, 3. Jurassic World 3, Dominion. 
Um, I'm looking forward to that. Like, I, I don't know what your thoughts were on the last Jurassic World. Remember, I, remember, I said I would defend the prequel trilogy for Star Wars. I have the opposite reaction to the Jurassic World films, unfortunately. Really? Okay. Yeah, there's. It's just. I feel like there's now. I love Chris Pratt. Oh, but yeah, yeah. I just feel like that film was. I just. It, I don't know. I don't See, know. It was funny for me. I I really really liked Jurassic World. Like when it came out. I think I saw that a good couple of times at the cinema. And I think it was just, I don't know what it was, but I think it was just the vibe of the time that came out. It was summer and then this new Jurassic Park film had come out, which was doing really well at the box office. And it was a, it was actually a decent story for one, because like I, I remember not liking, I still don't really yeah. like Jurassic Park 3. But like mm. it was like kind of yeah. like my happy film for a while, like a good few, like... When it, especially when it came out on like Blu-ray and such, like I, I got it, and then it'd be a film if I was feeling a bit sorry if if I was feeling a bit crap, <laughs> and then I'd, I'd then put Jurassic uh, I'd put Jurassic World on, like I'd just have a kind of nice time with it, and then the second one I, I is what it is. I honestly can't even remember what happens in the second one. I watched it a few years after it came out, but no dinosaur escapes. Dinosaurs. I think there was a really weird plot point towards the end that makes you think what is yeah like because no. the second it's like split into two films almost like yeah. Jurassic World 2 it's like they go to the island to like try and get the dinosaurs off and then once they do that that's when the film changes and it's like it should work with um is it J.A. Boyega who did who directed it like he's very like can do really good gothic films and so he obviously brought that to Jurassic World which I admire as a creative point I think that's nice and something refreshing for the franchise but it's just a bit daft, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, they're running around this mansion at the end and there's all these That's, people yeah. trying to, like, buy all these dinosaurs. Bet on the dinosaurs like, like... Yeah, black market kind of thing. And it just, I don't know. And then now, obviously, it leads us on to where the third one's going to be, where dinosaurs are everywhere again. Like, we're mm. having to coexist with dinosaurs, which, again, is a good in, an interesting concept. But whether they can stick the landing is remains to be seen. Is that how the second one ended? Good grief! Yeah, they like just release all the dinosaurs so, into the like the our world now on on Earth. Well, on Earth, they're on Earth anyways, but like into you know man's land. <laughs> John John Hammond's dream is dead, and yeah. life finds a way. Good That's grief! It. Yeah, they, they <laughs> found it. it. So I'm, standing I'm, there with a coexist sticker. <laughs> so I, I, I'm I'm you know I'm, I always look forward to a Jurassic film. So of course I'll be straight there on opening night yeah. to watch that when it comes out, yeah. no doubt. Um, I suppose what, if you look at it like the Fast and the Furious and you go, it's big, silly dinosaurs, I'm in. That's fine. Yeah. That's enough for me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Did you, did you either of you catch the Matrix film that came out recently? Oh, I've, not, I've only ever seen the first Matrix. I've not seen the sequels, which I'm told is probably for the best. I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah. one, one could say that leaving it at one is probably... Mm. I mean, the, the second one's great. Um, I, yeah, the third one's very... Yeah, the the, the the I I would say it's the weakest of all four, but then the fourth one came out, and I do think that because for me with the Matrix, they are they they are ranked in the order of release. It's like first, second, third, fourth. Oh, wow. That's how it goes. Oh God! Like yeah, so it's uh, I was just curious just because it, it's created a bit of a stir on the old internet. So no, it was one of the ones that I actively did avoid. Not that not that that looks much different to me trying to go to see a film, <laughs> actively avoiding it and trying to go and see it. The same thing for me, but. I, I'm of the same opinion as usual. Like one, two, three, the ones I have seen, I'm just like, number one was phenomenal. I thought it was amazing. Honestly, it's one of the best films, especially at the time it came out of all time. 
and then it just kind of gets really convoluted and too much and it's it's a struggle to to watch but i think as well the cg i think the first one's aged the best of all three of the originals yeah. and so the the fourth one unfortunately as much as keanu does ignite a fire in me <laughs> i couldn't i just I also thought it was odd that he looked like John Wick in it. Uh, do you know, it's so funny because so I, 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 said, I said that to a fair few people. Like, one, one of my friends was a massive Keanu fan, big, massive Matrix fan. My best friend's a massive Matrix fan and, and obviously John Wick fan. And I remember saying to him at the time and, and a few people just like that it, it looked like John Wick in the Matrix almost. But I, yeah. what, you kind of do forget that when you're watching it, if I'm being honest. Like I, I did buy that it was Neo, just like an older Neo when I was watching the fourth one. But it says something when the CGI in the first one, the original one, is better than what's in this. Oh wow! Yeah, it's quite. That worries it's quite, me. It's quite. It's quite disappointing. It's. It's an interesting. Again, it was. So, I can see what you know. Wachowski was going for. Lana Wachowski was going for. Um, but I just don't think it, it's a bit of an unnecessary sequel. So we can just leave it. We can leave it at that. <laughs> I was going to say I did listen to your episode on that as well because I wasn't bothered about spoilers, but I I saw I seemed to get the impression that. It was quite meta. Oh yeah, and did it? Yeah, yeah. Might be worth a watch then, just to kind yeah. of see it if it pokes fun at itself a little bit. Yeah, it's 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 funny going from a film like that, which again is very meta, but they kind of get it. They again get it a little bit wrong. Like the film is not brilliant. And then when I saw Scream, the newest Scream, which again a very meta film, obviously about horror and films and such, like, mm-hmm. and they for the most part get that right there's a few things in the new screen film that i was a little bit like mm, like unsure of but that aspect of it was was they're always great the screen films they always nail it when it comes to like movie within a movie kind of thing it's um yeah, yeah it's and they know what they're fun. doing they're like you know why you're here we know why you're yeah, here yeah let's just have some fun exactly yeah exactly that yeah so uh, that's another that's another recommendation the new screen film it's not bad it's decent it's, it's entertaining enough it's a bit of fun um we have spoke a little bit about marvel and I did say at the start I was going to ask a few Marvel questions, <laughs> so I'm going to start throwing some of these at you. And because we spoke about Spider-Man, I, I guess this, this for me is an easy question, but it's not like, what is Spider-Man's real name? <laughs> Just like, what was Spider-Man's first MCU appearance when he first came into the MCU? What film was it that he popped up in? Yes. Civil, Civil War. War. Yes, yeah. nice. See, we're cooking on gas already, guys. I like we have it. to. We have to answer no every one. question like that, Ross, in tandem at the same time. <laughs> there, there we go. That's it. Great film though, as well. Sorry, Civil War, isn't it? It's like one of the best, yeah. one of the better ones. Oh, That's I it. remember speculating about that so much with my friend Charlie that I mentioned going to see June with. Sorry, I will sidetrack every question. That's fine. But That's great. Just contemplating what was going to happen with Spider-Man coming in before we even knew what it was going to look like anything like that we just knew that Spider-Man was going to be in it and just sitting thinking like how are they going to do it like are they going to go through his origin what are they going to do and I think they completely made the right call by skipping all of that and just yeah. going there he is that's him yeah that's six and the trailer as well and they even like in, within Civil War made a, a point of that as well like when he's when uh, Tony Stark Robin Downey Jr. goes to meet uh, Peter Parker and tried to recruit him on his team and it's like P- Peter starts telling the story of you know, it happened a long time ago. I got bit by the spider, and then he just like interrupts mm. him, almost like Marvel. It's like we've heard it, like we know. It's like we like, know, that's yeah. It. Get on with it, like just just start webbing See, people. Meta is good. It yeah. knows. Yeah. Although actually, there is also the other fan theory that that's not the first appearance of 
um, Peter oh, Parker, yeah, no, which is, is yeah, this 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 annoyed me. This and, and well, not annoyed, but like I feel like this was another like moment that Kevin Feige was just like, I'll just please the fans and just say that's yeah. what I want. Like, because there's that scene, isn't there? And it's Iron Man Two, is it? When there's a little mm-hmm. boy stood there with Iron Man mask on, and like kind of trying to stop the the other iron suits whatever it is exactly it was iron man 2 no one remembers what happened in iron man 2 for for start of iron man 2 i'm I'm all for iron man 2 like i thought the the you know the the race car sequence the race car whiplash first arrives and you're like whoa Mm -hmm. this guy's mega Uh, and then yeah the rest of it is absolute trash like it's just and then he never fights again he spends the rest of the film building robots yeah it's just brilliant yeah yeah it's it's definitely but yeah that that whole theory or at least continuity of, of that being confirmed like I, I i i don't i don't listen to that the revisionist history of it yeah yeah it's just that, yeah okay so we're all this we're saying now as canon that's not the case kevin feige's wrong yeah. <laughs> first appearance of peter parker and spider-man in the mcu is civil war that's it I, I'm, I, I, I'm on I'm board with that, that. and to be honest with you this quiz apparently agrees with that as well because they're, they're like yeah there we go that's the answer oh, yeah. so. <laughs> That's the main and thing, yeah. <laughs> it's like it never happened. It never happened. Never happened. Specifically, that moment that you remember didn't happen. <laughs> so let's see if they're right. Okay, let's have a look. I'm trying to see some of the ones that we could. Okay, so what planet is the Soul Stone on in Infinity War? Uh oh, uh, Asgard. No, no, nope. gonna get that wrong. No, nope. <sighs> a soul for a soul. Yeah. I've no idea the name of it, no. I picked the wrong stone. I'm thinking of the red one. Do you want me to say? No. Yeah. I think you'll need to. It's uh, Vormir. Oh, no, I wouldn't have got that. I wouldn't have got that. All right, well, let's try and... uh, Another easy one. What what was the first MCU film? Iron Man. Yeah, boy, it was. Did you see that at the cinema? Because it was one of the only ones I like. kind (laughs) of was like, "Uh, I'm not fussed. (laughs) Oh, no. I I saw it like six years later or something. That was when I... Like started actually getting into the, the Marvel films. It was like a good few years. It's just mad, isn't it? Think about like running. when that yeah. started and where it is now, and it's like yeah. twenty odd films later, and it's just still going. Like I honestly thought that like after Endgame, I'd be a bit like, oh, I think they, they can't. You know what I mean? Like they they can't top this or whatever. But they're giving a good crack at it. They, they just keep going. Just keep oh, popping this. They're not envy the writers at this at this point. It's just like <laughs> they, together. They've got like loads of like comics and such great story arcs and storylines they could kind of put to put to screen kind of thing. But they always like try and mix it up and make it different, you know, so it's not, you know, a, a recycling of that. Mm. Um, but it must be difficult to be like, how can? And you can see sometimes where it's worked and where it's not worked. Like, I don't know if you've watched Eternals yet, but, like, that's, again, caused a bit of a stir, obviously, because it's a definite Mm. weak MCU film. It's got moments, but for me, I just afterwards being, like, the scale of that film in terms of story was so big, it made Thanos and that look quite minor. And, you know, you just, like, Mm -hmm. that surely can't be right. So There was something like that in, I don't know if anyone's seen Loki. I don't want to, I'm going to say spoilers for Loki here, if... If anyone's listening to who hasn't seen it yet, um, but the point where he opens the drawer and he throws the the Infinity Stone into the drawer, and there's about six hundred other Infinity Stones in there. Yeah, I have a feeling that this phase of Marvel, they're just trying to go. That's done now. That's yeah. over with. We're moving on to bigger stuff, and I I kind of like that. I like the idea that it's it's saying no to it and going. We're not going to linger. That was great. Yeah, but it's done. Let's let's keep going. 
and keep the momentum. That's completely fair, man. That's completely fair. Like I, I, I love this is why I love chatting about these kind of things, like hearing these kind of opinions. Because again, it's a great moment when he opens that drawing, you see all the infinity stones, mm-hmm. and it's that kind of thing of they just like they, they're meaningless here yeah. in, in the TVA. It's like loads of people have tried to get the infinity stones, they've failed, or they, you know they weren't meant to do so, kind of thing. Um, do they not so call them just, paperweights or something yeah, like, like that? And they just, they just, that's just like knocking about kind of thing. So. No, I do. I do. I, again, it, the, the the door's been blown open massively because even from Loki, with what happens at the end of that, again, spoilers with the timelines cracking and everything, and the the you know kind of the start of the multiverse opening. I would say, mm-hmm. like my only issue with Loki and that is that I thought that would have a greater greater impact on the rest of the films, kind of thing. When it's kind of not really been touched upon since, it's almost like it's just going to be a Loki series arc about this. Mm-hmm. You know, unless Doctor Strange has anything to do with it. Well, see, on that note, I kind of felt, again, massive spoilers. On that note, like, I felt like all of the Marvel stuff that was coming recently, it was like the, I don't want to say this, it was like none of them wanted to be the one that said the multiverse is a thing. Like, I mean, if you look at WandaVision, that started it off and started all of the hype around, yeah. you know, the multiverse, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. We always knew that was coming because it's called Multiverse of Madness. Um, and then what Loki did, but it's almost like they all keep going up to the edge yeah. and then just going, someone else will tell you about the rest of the, the multiverse yeah. and just backing off from it. And it, that, yes. Jesus just give me the answers. Like, just yeah, tell, just it, just tell me, please. And this is why maybe, this is maybe, you know, a lot of these things, a lot of these feelings I have towards the multiverse, because I'm so excited, don't get me wrong, I think it's a fantastic thing that Marvel are able to do now because they've done so much with so many different people and so many different studios that they go, okay then, let's rip it all open and see what we can do with it. Yeah. But maybe all these like reservations or, you know, questions will be kind of put to bed and, and answered um, by Doctor Strange and the and the madness of the multiverse, which or whatever it's called, multiverse madness this kind of thing i'm so so on in for the ride for that just think though like how okay it's a man in an iron suit flat not iron an alloy suit fr- flying around in, in the sky but think how sort of grounded iron man was in comparison to where we are now with marvel and how that journey's progressed and now i'm just like yeah sure rip worlds apart <laughs> aliens exist there's tunnels and portals and and you can be so small that you enter a different dimension i'm i'm on board with all of it just hit me <laughs> hit me with it and it all started from a man in an iron mask did you got a particular favorite mcu film either of you which is your favorite marvel i, I mean in fairness Ooh. yeah I'll, I'll split that into two of them what's your favorite mcu film and then what also is your favorite non-mcu film if there is one because i know that there are a few hidden gems in the rough with that diamonds in the rough when it comes to oh. anything outside MCU because some are a bit crap. Non MCU superheroes? Are we talking? Are we talking strictly superheroes? Yeah, yeah. yeah as in like, sorry, yeah, non yeah, MCU, yeah. not non like MCU, just superhero films like your X Men's and your Fantastic Fours. If that's up there, I don't know. Oh. Like, that could be someone's because again, Fantastic Four when they came out, they were big films at the cinema. Um, just a bit, just a bit meh. Like especially that second one, like just um, Silver Surfer. Mm. Can I can I have three for yeah. the outside the MCU? Well, they yeah. all kind of go together, but for me, it's it's between X Men First Class, Logan, and the first X Men film. Film isn't oh, like, yeah, not even yeah. Spider Man Two. 
Oh, okay, yeah, no, you're right. I never thought about Spider-Man so Two. Don't, don't, no, I'm going to need more time on this. I, when I did my, <laughs> I think you might, I think you might mention you listened to it, Sam, about the best, mm-hmm. the best pod, the best. Um, Superhero, superhero film podcast yeah. I did, which was I say I like kind of clickbaited that because it was like it's the best, but it's my best. It was also the first time I've ever wanted to see the Suicide Squad film, so you did you someone you got me engaged. That is a great. Well, the, the most recent Suicide Squad was quite good actually. Yeah, I've enjoyed that. Yeah, well, that, well, well, I, well, yeah, this is it. This is it, Ross. Because when I when I went to see that at the cinema, I, I was um, I, I had you know kind of a good expectation because James Gunn was attached, and I'm like this this guy knows how to make a good film, make a fun film but this was like the most james gunn you know extravaganza almost this was like on another level like everything you'd expect for him and then some more and it, and, it, and it got put straight in my list of like top top superhero yeah. films because of that like i thought it was so much fun um yeah really fun but i i you know talking about what you were saying there sam about x-men one and was it one and two that you mentioned you'd put in your, in your uh, list as well? no x-men one although two was good as well x-men was like the well, it was the first kind of well it was the in terms of kind. you know like getting people really into superhero films x-men uh from was it 2000 yeah that was mm-hmm. on yeah 2000 yeah that was that was a real like kind of uh that was just something else you know what i mean because it was it's not like now where films come out like Marvel MCU films and they know they're guaranteed to get people to see it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Marvel and, and superior and DC films now, they're on such a different scale where it's like everyone just loves them. Whereas when X-Men came out, it was that really good balance of superheroes in a, like a realistic sense and like an yeah. actual real story behind it. Because, you know, like the, the themes of like that film, you know, for X-Men 1 about, you know, just kind of society and how people are viewed and such, you know, kind of like treated just because they're different, you know, these mutants and such. It was quite a quite a good theme to have for, for that kind of first superhero film. I know it wasn't the first, but the real kind of blockbuster superhero film. Um, or Marvel films to that extent because they've been obviously like Superman films years before that were really, oh God, really yeah. well received obviously but you know what I mean like in terms of it was something different it was it was like a new it was you know tackling it differently and, and yeah kind of put it put superhero films on a great trajectory really did X-Men yeah oh god well it, it's interesting you say about the the difference between that how that was received then and how it how it came out versus what the MCU does now, where they just launch something and it, it instantly is a hit. Um, I never even saw the first X-Men film in the cinema. I saw it, my friend had it on video and I didn't know what it was. And I think it may have been the first, apart from the animated Fox Kids show, it yeah. was the first real exposure I had to the X-Men. And I just remember every single time I went to his house after that, I was like, do you want to watch that X-Men film again? Should we watch that X-Men film again? It was really good, wasn't it? It is great. And and this is the thing, because I always get sometimes like, I, I well, it's one of those, you've, we've all got memories of growing up and such, because I used to watch the animated X-Men uh, 90s show. And I can't remember if it was before the X-Men film came out or if it was afterwards, you know what I mean? Like, because it kind of mm-hmm. blends, because I remember as a I think kid, it kind of, stra- it was sort of either side. I yeah. think it was before coming. yeah. Because I remember primarily watching the Batman animated series growing up, like mm-hmm. 100% can remember seeing that from such a young age. And like, obviously there were Batman films as well in the 90s and late 80s and such. So like they were, again, they were like massive as well. And this is the thing, yeah. when I say about like films like X-Men that kind of started it, I don't mean as in like they were the first film to have a crack at making a comic film. It's just that it was something completely different. It was like a, a big blockbuster superhero film 
that then still felt like just a standard action film that was for all family yeah. kind of thing. Like, yeah, like Batman was again, you could say an argument, the, the Batman and Batman Returns, Batman Returns was quite dark, obviously, but like hmm. they were for like genuine like fans of Batman, which obviously Batman's always been iconic in that sense. But I don't know, like X-Men, there was a different vibe about it. That's what I meant probably when I said before on my podcast, because I don't want people to like listen to it and think he knows nothing about superhero films. Like, no, because I do respect everything that's come out. It's just that X-Men was like the start of something, really, I think. Like a new yeah. wave of what was to come. Oh, definitely. You know, I'm thinking back through all the both MCU and superhero ones in general, and I actually can't narrow it down. I think because what, what's freshest in my head, I'm thinking Spider-Man, but also Shang-Chi. That's all, you know, in the last few months as well, that was, you know, it seemed to be very underrated from what I was hearing about it, um, you know, online, then I go and see it, I was like, that's a really good film, and, uh, you know, one of the, the characters that pops up, and it's quite surprising for the film, so if, like, if you've seen Iron Man 3, uh, someone pops up in it that you wouldn't necessarily expect to pop up in that film, and it's just, you know, it's quite, it's quite funny, but it still adds to the no, the fairly serious plot points. Yeah. So it was a really enjoyable film overall. That one. It was good. Shang Chi was one of those because it was again, it was like one of those announcements, and you're like, great, it's another, it's another film that I'll definitely go watch and check out. But like Shang Chi was excellent. Like it was so much fun. Like you said, there's a there's a storyline obviously that started off pretty much in Iron Man three with like the Mandarin and that kind of getting put to bed in in Shang Chi, which was which was good because it, it, it annoyed a lot of people what they did with the Mandarin in, in Iron Man <laughs> three, and yeah, it was a bit bit of a strange one. It was almost like they bottled it, Marvel. They were like, should we start to go yeah. down that route or should we just like rein it in? And they were like, mm, maybe we'll you just we'll just do something ridiculous. Like so it was a bit of a bit of a misfire that one, I think, I am yeah. But it was nice that the Mandarin did get the true form and true applause that it that he deserves as a character, because it's uh, yeah, great one. But Shang-Chi was a great release and uh, I just like the choreographed fights in that mm. film. They were just excellent, like so good. Yeah. And he's blowing up at the minute as well. Is it, is it Simu Liu? I probably yeah. Yeah. that, but he is blowing up on the internet. He's like, like got the charisma of Chris Pratt, and he's it's just great to see him being discovered because he's. He, I, I saw him on um, Kim's Convenience, which is just a little show that's on Netflix. But a wee Korean family that owns a a, a little corner shop, and when he, that was announced, again I've not seen it because I wanted to go and see it, so of course I didn't go and see it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's just great to see him actually getting some recognition. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah, he was on, he used, he's done loads of like stock images. Have you seen all that floating around on the internet? Like, oh, yeah. He's and like he's like the, the guy in photos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like started there and look at him now. He's a, he's a, he's a big, bad superhero. Like he's class. Like he really did, uh, yeah, nail Shang-Chi. I thought it was a really great film. Very, very, yeah. very fun. Um, just going to see if there's any other MCU film questions I could ask. So, what were your other selections? Sorry, did you say? You said Shang-Chi. Uh, the most recent Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, I've yeah, been arguing with myself that's... whether that is, like, the best MCU film, I think. Mm. And that's probably through, like, nostalgia and, and loving for that character, you know what I mean? Like, it's probably biased in that sense. You're killing me. <laughs> you need to watch it, mate. You need to watch it. I do. You need to watch it. I do. Um, well... I, I, I've just yeah I, we can we can leave it there if you want guys I say it's been so much fun chatting over this hour and such like I've absolutely yeah it's been kind of nice to pick your brains a little bit with films and just go over like you know what you enjoy and, and what films you've enjoyed recently I mean is there 
Um, I've already asked you if there's any films you're looking forward to going to. Is there any films you're going to be seeing soon that you're looking forward to that you genuinely know for a fact? I'm going to book tickets for that, like in however long. Batman, yeah, Spider-Man, no way home. <laughs> Batman and Spider-Man, yeah, definitely. Two, two, yeah, you need to sort that out, Sam, big time. And Ross, I, I can't wait for Batman. Sam, to go Sam you can uh, miss Ben tomorrow. I'll give you permission if you go see Just Spider-Man. to watch Spider-Man, thank yeah. you. If someone can send me a Disney Plus login and I can watch it as soon as it's there, because I think it's coming out of cinema soon. But yeah, oh God, yeah, that, that might be my plan. Got to get That's it what I need to go and see. Well, I'm going to be, when I finish this, I'm going to be going to check out the latest episode of Book of Boba Fett. Have either of you been watching that on Disney? I've not started it yet. I think we're going to wait for a few more episodes to come out before starting it, just so we can binge it a bit. Yeah, it's, it's, nearly, um, it's nearly done now, actually. I think we're on episode yeah. five, five out of seven, so uh, it's, really? it's nearly finished now. But it's, um, I, I, I'm not forming a decision on it or a full opinion until... Mm. It's done because but it's not quite the Mandalorian. Then I'm scared from that. No. Yeah, no. Like after last week's episode, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to watching this one. But I was a bit like sat there and I was like, what am I doing? Like, why? Mm-hmm. why? You know, what I mean, like it's it's not it's not terrible, terrible. It's just that there's just something off with it. Like I don't know what it is. There's just something that's just not. It's not. I don't know. It's really difficult to explain, and and I, I don't clicking. want. Yeah, I I don't want to be one of those Star Wars fans that sits here and bitches on the internet. But I'm gonna be like, let's be honest, <laughs> what we're good at doing. Um, I just I, they've a little bit ruined the mystery of Boba Fett for me, and that's why I really didn't like the solo film. You know when that came out um, mm-hmm. a few years ago? Like I I hate that film. I honestly hate that film. Like I think that some things are better left unsaid <laughs> yeah. and, and unspoiled and a unexplained. Of, a lot of my friends think I'm like too harsh on solo. Like they they think <laughs> hey, you've just been a bit too harsh towards it. I'm like mm, I don't know. Like I I think there's just there's something inside me that's just just can't let it go that they did that and that they. Because it could have been a great Star Wars film without Han Solo involved, you know what I mean? Like it could have yeah. just been a, a separate, a bit like Rogue One. Just do that again. Don't need any like messing about. I would even go as far as to say that like Rogue One is a great film and it's a really good Star Wars film and it's a beautiful film. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't need <laughs> it to exist. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't like. I don't need two hours to tell me. Oh, uh, this is why that plot point that's not a plot hole no matter what the internet says, we don't need to fix this with a two-hour film. Yeah. I'm glad they did because it was a great film. It just didn't need to exist. Yeah. And you're right. The, that's, that's why I haven't, surprise, haven't watched Book of Boba Fett because like, I don't need to know. I don't yeah. need... I can imagine all the things I've been imagining for 28-odd years since I first saw Boba Fett. So, yeah. yeah. That's it. So, yeah, I'm going to be doing that when we finished uh, when, we, when we finished here tonight. So, I, I'm... I'm gonna see how it goes and uh, i'd obviously love to know your thoughts when you do get round if you should ever sam i mean i i can't trust you with anything anymore after dropping that bomb <laughs> <Spider-Man>. like, <laughs> in, se- in six years you'll have an episode encountered what did sam actually think <laughs> about Spider-Man no yeah. way home i'm like i finally saw it guys it this happened is it. i found it. it in tesco's for three quid in a bargain bin and i bought it well well because I, I plan to do another spider-man podcast in uh, maybe like by well well i was gonna say by the end of this month but that's very very soon now so it's going to be probably at some point next month so hopefully by then on the episode i can be like <laughs> if anyone checks out the respite episode uh, just so everyone knows <laughs> sam has now seen no way home so like that can be like the big announcement reveal at the end or something ridiculous so you've got until then sam i'll let you know <laughs> you will you will that. definitely have an update <laughs> please do i will keep you posted and you will you will find out yeah oh, it's been magic thank you so much i was 
so terrified and nervous, but it's been absolutely lovely. And oh, it's been magic talking about movies with you, Joe. Thank you so much. It's been it's been absolutely great. I think the other thing we, we've not touched upon is TV and stuff, but we can do that another day. We can do we can talk about what what stuff we've been because this has been wonderful. It's been sat, just sit down chatting to you guys about films and kind of getting like a new a new insight to the life of respite. And I didn't mean to rhyme that, but there you go. Yeah. Have that I'm taking that, I'm writing that one down. Have that for free, mate. Oh, magic. <laughs> oh. But uh, no, guys, honestly, it's been it's been ace. Thank you, and again, for listeners, new and old, if you've checked out this and enjoyed it, check out more, and massive thank you to uh, Ross and Sam of Respite. Make sure you do check out Respite, because they are awesome. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for, uh, for, for the chit-chat, and uh, yeah, good old uh, chinwag about films. Thanks for having us, Joe. Yeah, cheers, Joe.